Cats to another edition of the Game Day Show here at Weber State Weekly. I'm your host, AC, and I'm happy, I'm thrilled to be joined by a couple of guests here. We got Dustin Chappie Chapman. How you doing, Chappie? We get to watch football this Saturday at home. We get to see our guys play in person. How awesome is that? That's right. It's awesome. It's a great weekend to be a Wildcat. We got a game here at Stewart Stadium. And then we also got another special guest, a guy making his return trip to Weber State Weekly, former safety and current defensive coordinator at Syracuse High, Mitch Tulane. Mitch, what's going on? Yeah, guys. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, we're happy to have you. And we got a big show today, big game today against UC Davis. Top 25 matchup here at Stewart Stadium. Going to be a huge matchup, biggest game in the conference by far, one of the biggest games in the nation. We got a lot to break down. But first off, we want to thank our sponsor, WildcatRack.com. You can get all your officially licensed Weber State gear at WildcatRack.com. It's locally owned and operated by people who love Weber State just as much as you and I. WildcatRack.com, our sponsors. We love them. We're grateful for them. Also want to remind you to subscribe to Weber State Weekly wherever you listen to podcasts. You can go to WeberStateWeekly.com and listen to our podcast there. You can also go to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Stitcher. Want to remind you to follow us on social media as well. We're on Facebook, Weber State Weekly. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Weber State Weekly as well. Twitter is the best place to interact with us on game days. And you can hit us up by email as well. WeberStateWeekly at gmail.com. And want to remind you that we recently started a Patreon. If you like our work and you want to see us continue to produce high quality and frequent Weber State content like we do, please go to Patreon and support us. We would definitely appreciate that. All right, fellas, let's take a look at what we got on the slate here. First off, I want to take a look back at Weber State's first game of the season against Idaho State. First game in over 400 days. It's been a long time since we'd seen some Wildcat football, and we end up going up to Hokey Pokey and playing the Bengals. And Weber State ends up winning 49-21. to And from the vibes that I'm getting from the fan base, it seems like there's a wide variety of opinions surrounding the Weber State defense. And so I want to talk to you all about this defense. How was the defense? Chappie, your thoughts? They were, they were what they needed to be, right? I know some people, there were a couple of opinions of, hey, they gave up a lot of yards. A lot of it was in garbage time. Was it not? Were they not stopping them? I'm not overly concerned about it. I mean, they yes, they give up a lot of yards. But as long as Jay Hill is, is coaching that defense, I'm not too concerned about what they're going to be long term. Mitch, what do you think? Yeah, I'm not worried about it. I think it was to be expected a little bit coming off the long – layaway of not having a game. I thought we we performed pretty well against the run. You know, I don't think Idaho State really got much going on the ground um, consistently. I think the biggest area of concern was the big plays in the pass game. You know, uh, 300 yards passing, only 17 completions. So that means they're completing the ball down the field on big plays where down the season, we're going to need to stop the big play from happening because those are huge momentum plays and uh, we need to do better at challenging the ball when it's in the air on the deep play. So Mitch, let me ask you something with, I mean, Weber state only gave up 40% 
completion percentage, right? Vanderwell only completed yep. 40% of his passes for 300 yards. So there's kind of a flip side there. This team's got a lot of aspirations, right? This team wants to go places. And there's a lot of people talking about Frisco this year. Was a performance like that against Idaho State, is that enough to get this team over to the edge and potentially push them into the national championship? Um, I don't think that performance was enough. But the good thing is, is that was week one. You know, in nine weeks, it's got to be better than that. And, and it will. It will be out. It will for sure be better than that. But at this moment, no, that's not good enough to win in Frisco. So on WeberStateWeekly.com, shortly after the game, we ended up putting up a blog post that we had a few different people, myself included, give the offense, defense, and special teams grades for the performance. I think that the defense's grades ranged anywhere from a B to an A minus. Chappie, I'm going to hit you up first because you didn't participate in our blog. Did you? What What would you grade that defensive performance against Idaho State? It would have been a solid B. You know, it, it was it was adequate, and, and like Mitch just said, it it's what it needed to be. There's a runway there. Everybody knows there's a runway there, and that's okay. No, now this week, excited about this week because there's an opportunity there for, for one of the few opportunities that we're going to get this season, and maybe even the only opportunity before the playoffs to to play a a, a big game, right? A a, team, a game against another ranked opponent. So uh, glad we had the runway we had. It's time to take off. Mitch, if you were to grade the defensive performance, what would you give them? Yeah, I'm probably a B. Um, and I think, again, that's that's to be expected with the long break. But um, I, I can't say it's an A performance. I, I don't even think it's an A minus because I know the standards up there for defense and all the goals weren't met. And so a B is as good as I can go on the defensive performance. And I'm excited about that, honestly, because you said something really good there, like high standards. I mean, you probably know, you could probably tell us exactly what happens when, when, a, when what Coach Hill does when a good defensive game isn't had. I'm sure that, that there's been plenty of motivation and plenty of practice and work going on to improve things. Absolutely. There, there are goals up there. And the, the day after the meeting or the day after the game, we sit in a team meeting and you go over those goals in detail. And, and what you hit and what you didn't hit and what you're going to fix about uh, the next week. You know, I think it's, I think it's kind of funny. Cause I think I was pretty lenient with my grading. I gave the defense an a minus. I did that because they ended up getting to the quarterback so frequently and they caused three turnovers. And so to me, I was like, I mean, I mean, were they perfect? They weren't perfect, but I think it's interesting that people are feeling a little bit down on this defense after a performance where they ended up getting to the quarterback so frequently and got three turnovers. And so I, I think that that shows how high the expectations are among the fan base, at least. And Mitch, you said the expectations are pretty high with the team as well. And I think that 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 should be something that we expect from a Jay Hill defense, right? Seeing these just lights out performances every week. So I think it's, it's good news that people are feeling a little bit low on the defense after what I think a lot of teams would consider a pretty good performance. So that carries us into a bye week. It kind of came at a, a strange time, right? The second week of the season or third week, depending on how you look at it. And it wasn't coming at a time that the team was expecting to have a bye week. The first bye week was originally supposed to be next week after the Davis game, but we ended up getting it prior to the Davis game instead. So 
I want to know from y'all, how do, how do y'all think that this impacts the team? Do you think it throws the rhythm off? Chappie, we'll go to you. No, I don't think so. I, I, these kids have, I mean, they're playing in the spring. <laughs> we're playing, we're playing regular season football games in, in, in March. So I don't, I don't think it's going to, I don't think much is going to throw them off at this point from, from what's going on. I think they're, they've learned to be easily adaptable to what the season carries. And I think the unexpected is, has become the expected. Mr. Tulane, your thoughts on the timing of the first bye week. I think it's going to work out to our advantage, right? First, first week, you're going to learn a lot about your team. And now you get an extra week to go over those things that you learned. I think that's just going to be a positive for Weaver State moving forward. I am bummed. I, I wanted to see Cal Poly this year, right? Under a new head coach. And I, I played against Cal Poly when they were the triple option. And it was always nice to have a bye week before Cal Poly when they were the triple, triple option. So you could defend that. Um, so I am bummed that we didn't get to see new Cal Poly, but I do think that the timing of this buy uh, is actually going to work out in Weber State's favor. I certainly hope so, right? Because Weber State's got an opponent who they they ended up having a bye week in the very first week of the season as well against Poly. That game ended up being postponed. So Davis had a bye week. They ended up going into Idaho into Moscow on the road in the Kibbe Dome, the seemingly undefeatable Kibbe Dome, and they ended up beating Idaho 27-17 from a, behind a strong performance from Hunter Rodriguez, their quarterback, and a balanced offensive attack. Now, with this Davis game that's coming up today, we've got a few different things that Weber State, Weber State fans are going to want to take note of. In the first game of the season against Idaho State, the running back depth was a little bit different than I think many people were anticipating. Chap, you want to give us a, a little heads up on that? What's going on with the running backs? Well, it's, it's, if you look at the depth chart, it's just, it's interesting that it's, it's Josh Davis, Josh Davis, excuse me, and freshman Dante McMillan, right? Um, Chris Jackson, Chris Jackson, Kevin Smith, I'm not sure what the entire story is. I know there have been some social media posts. I know Jay Hill mentioned some things. So it uh, looks like our, our our running back depth is less than what we anticipated it being at this point in the season. So from the looks of it, Kevin Smith ended up posting on his Instagram saying that it was an Achilles injury and Achilles injuries. I mean, we've seen in basketball have been uh, fairly serious. Right. And so it's, I think there's certainly cause for worry there with Kevin, Chris Jackson, uh, Jay Hill ended up, I think he said in his post game that it was a tight hamstring and uh, we, we could be expecting him back fairly soon. He was not listed on the two deep for this Davis game though. Uh, Mitch, I want to get your take on another offensive position group that's going to be seeing some change in the depth chart. Devin Cooley didn't end up making the trip to Pocatello last week, and he was the team's leading receiver in 2019. And Jay Hill said that we should be expecting him back for the Davis game. So, Mitch, having Devin Cooley back to a group of wide receivers that looked pretty good against Idaho State, how do you think that's going to impact the offense? We have weapons on the outside. It, it, it's pretty fun to watch when you got T-Mac and you got Rashid and now you get Cooley back on the outside and the guys on the inside are awesome as well. Um, it's just adding depth to an already very, very talented uh, core out there. I'm excited to see what coach hammer is going to do with so many playmakers on the field and how he gets creative, getting each of those different players, the ball in their hands. 
That's something I think excites a lot of people, right? Because the offense looked pretty good against Idaho State. The wide receivers specifically look pretty good against Idaho State with David Ames going deep. Uh, T-Mac went deep a couple of times. Rashid Shahid had some long catches. And then you add Devin Cooley into that mix, I think is pretty exciting. So let's take a look at this, this Davis team now. When we look at what they did against Idaho, they were a little bit of an unknown going into the Idaho game. I think a lot of people consider them as a wild card uh, prior to that Idaho game. Uh, some people thought that Dan Hawkins might rally his troops behind a disappointing 2019 season and kind of get them going. And you know what? They certainly looked the part of a spoiler up in Idaho. So now they're ranked number 23. They had a super balanced offensive attack. Their quarterback, Hunter Rodriguez, threw for over 240 yards. Their running back, Alonzo Gilliam, also chipped in over 130 yards on the ground. Mitch, from a defensive coordinator's perspective, from a former safety's perspective, how do you stop such a balanced Davis attack? Well, number one, you got to make them one dimensional. You got to make them do what you want them to do. And so that starts with stopping the run. Um, the, the running back, he, he's a good, he's a good player. And so I think that the focus should be to stop that run, make the inexperienced quarterback get back there and sling it and I'm actually going to call it. Our defense is going to ball out. They're going to have, they're going to have a game. And uh, I'm excited to watch the DB specifically try to pick on that quarterback after we make him have to throw the ball so much. All right. Mitch Tulane calling his shot here. The defense is going to show up and shut this Aggie team down. Chappie, you watched a lot of that Idaho UC Davis game. What were your thoughts about the UC Davis offense? It, the, the Davis offense figured it out when when it mattered. Uh, they were good through most of the game, not great. They were great at the end of the fourth quarter. Okay, they they seized the momentum, figured out what to do to to uh, exploit Idaho's defense, and they just they ran away with the game. You know, in the last two or three drives. So uh, they I, I would not have called them great, although the numbers were great. They, they were good up until the end. Uh, so they know that. But mostly, I'm excited just to see how Weber state responds here, just like coach Tulane said, it's going to be a big deal. I expect the defense to play well, but I also just think that there's going to be, I don't want to say too much emphasis placed on this game from like, we're talking national perspective because this really is going to be one of the only times, probably the only time in the year that Weber state's playing another ranked team ahead of the playoffs. So this game matters. It matters from a perception standpoint. Uh, and, and when JMU, it looks the way they do where they don't look great. And we're trying to get a number one ranking, the first number one ranking in school history. Games like this really do matter. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, with UC Davis, they're, they're a ranked team. Now they weren't ranked coming into the season, but then they went to Moscow and they beat number 19, Idaho. And now they've got some attention on them, right? They surprised a lot of people. And Alonzo Gilliam had just a, a killer game against Idaho, who many people think is one of the best defensive front sevens in the entire nation. And he ended up running for 130 plus yards on that Vandal team. So I actually want to go back to Mitch and and talk to you a little bit about stopping that. You talk about stopping that run, Mitch, and, and saying that you want to make them one dimensional. Is there a specific position group that you think is more important than the others when it comes to stopping the run? Well, the front seven, obviously, and it all comes down to how disciplined our guys are going to be. Right. We, we, we run a, a gap scheme defense where 
we want to try and control our gap, right? We're only as good as our worst 11th out there. So as long as everyone's doing their 111th, doing their job, um, that front seven should, should do pretty well um, stopping that run. And then the scheme, um, depending on what personnel grouping that UC Davis gets in to run the football is, is going to depend a lot on how we attack the run and on how we stop the run. You know, if they get two tight ends in the game or, and two running backs in the game, we're going to get heavy. And in my opinion, that helps us. I think the, the, the more bodies we have, the more backers we have on the field um, helps us be tougher against the run. If they're going to run it out of the spread, um, now we're relying on another DB in the game to stop that run. So full confidence in, in Coach Jay Hill and, and what he has worked up to stop that run. Going to be a big matchup for the goon squad, right? Absolutely. It's yeah. a defensive tackle group that a lot of people think is as deep and as talented as any in FCS and as many in FBS. And so the goon squad's goon squad is going to have to show up. Uh, Chappie, you got another thought on the offense in this Davis game? I am so excited to see what, what Rashid Shahid does in this game. Okay. He was great last game. Uh, but you know, we, we, we mentioned it a little bit last week about how he was, he was, he was single covered the whole game. Right. And because there's so many other weapons out there, so he has to be single covered. It's like, you can't double him. And I'd actually love to get coach Tulane's thoughts on this. And if, if that's the case, if Rashid Shahid, if a player with the speed of Rashid Shahid is left alone in single coverage, man, that kid's going to, that kid's going to have a, a big season, <laughs> let alone just a big game. And I love it because that just means we have a lot of weapons around him. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and if you have a, a stud out there like Rashid, you do have to spend a lot of time and attention stopping him. When I was at Weber, we played Cooper cup. Um, and he, he's one of those guys, obviously, right? What he's doing in the NFL, but a lot of attention, especially in the DB room was had on him. Um, but, but really what it does is having a guy like that. And then the weapons that we do have on the outside, it allows that run game to open up. And I think Idaho state knew Josh Davis. They knew the all Americans we had up front. Uh, blocking for him. And they said, we're going to sell out. We're going to stop the run. We're going to try to make a freshman quarterback beat us in the air. Um, and he did. And so it worked out for our favor. And I think moving forward because of the game that Bronson had throwing the football because of the weapons we have on the outside, this game, I think that we're going to start to see running lanes open up more consistently for us, as opposed to just breaking one or two off. I think we're going to start to see those five, six, seven yard pop runs. I think that that's a, a point that a lot of people wanted to see from the rushing game in the last game against Idaho State, right? I think people were talking about that you need to pay attention to the context. Weber State, it looked like they ran for a lot of yards, but most of those yards were coming off of three or four carries rather than a consistent game. And so if I, I think that if the rushing attack is able to go for five, six, seven yards on a consistent basis. I think people start to feel a little bit better about this offense and Chappie, correct me if I'm wrong. You're talking about Rashid Shahid here. If I remember correctly from the big sky, big takes episode, you took Rashid Shahid on your fantasy team. Is that right? There's actually two Homer picks from my fantasy team. I also have T Mac. So both of my receivers <laughs> were Weaver state guys. So yes, 100% rooting for him in a selfish way, but also <laughs> just want him to do well. 
Chappie's feeling high on the Weber State passing game in this big top 25 showdown against UC Davis. All right, folks, we're going to take a look. We're going to go fly around the big sky here and get some predictions from our guests. I'll, I'll make my predictions as well. I'm not going to run away from this. I'm not going to shy away from making my predictions, but we're going to take a look at some games around the big sky and around the nation and get everybody's thoughts on them. So let's start off with the team down south in Cedar City. They're heading out to San Luis Obispo to face Bo Baldwin and the new look Cal Poly team. Chappie, SUU at Poly, who's going to win? Yeah, I haven't been <laughs> I haven't been overly impressed with SUU. And so I'm 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 very impressed with Bo Baldwin as a coach, you know. Mitch Tulane mentioned Cooper Cup, but Bo Baldwin was there at Eastern Washington in their glory days. It's funny because I don't think anybody has seen anything on Cal Poly like anywhere. <laughs> but uh, so there's been minimal minimal coverage. But I'm going to go on the coaching alone and say that uh, Polly, uh, quote unquote, upsets SUU in this game. Mitch, we got the T-Birds at the Stangs. What are you thinking? Uh, I'm going to go with Southern Utah. I think the fact that they play two games, they have film, um, they're learning from the mistakes they made in game time. Cal Poly doesn't have that. Yes, I think Coach Baldwin is a great coach. Uh, but he's coming in and he's changing a program from the ground up, right? Uh, the scheme is going to be different. Everything's going to be different. And I don't know if they're going to be able to put it together to get a W against a team who's already played two games. All right. We got an upset special for Mitch. Uh, who knows? Maybe it's not an upset. Maybe Polly isn't that great a team. We don't know. So SU Polly, I think I'm going to take Polly. I think I'm taking Polly and I'm doing that because of Bo Baldwin. Uh, I, I mean, he, he left FCS for a while after he guided Eastern Washington to the 2010 national championship. But I, I just, I think he's too good of a coach. And I think that SEU is still just trying to figure too many things out right now. Too many question marks for SEU. And of course there's just a huge gigantic question mark on Cal Poly, but they have Bo Baldwin. I'm taking Polly. All right. Next we got, Eastern Washington, leaving the red turf, leaving the Inferno and going to Holt Arena to take on Idaho State. Mitch, this time we'll go to you. Eagles, Bengals, what are you thinking? Eastern wins big. Big. Eastern wins big, he says. Chappie, we got Eastern Washington at Idaho State. What do you got? Eastern's been playing angry since they lost to Idaho. They're going to keep playing angry. Yeah, I'm kind of feeling the same thing here. And Idaho State, I I think that they're better than what people originally thought. I think a lot of people were thinking they were just going to be dead last in the big sky. I don't think they're that bad. I don't. I think they're kind of more like middle of the pack in the big sky. But Eastern's just got too much talent. They've got the quarterback. Got to go Eastern here. So before we get to our game of the week, we're going to take a look at some of the big games around the country. And I think we all know what the game of the week is, obviously, but we'll take a look at some of the big games around the country. So we'll go first. We'll go to Northern Iowa is heading to Southern Illinois. A lot of the pollsters like Northern Iowa. There, some people have them ranked as high as number three in the nation, even though they've already lost a game. So Northern Iowa at Southern Illinois, Chappie, what do you think? This is an interesting matchup because the Salukis, uh, you know, were dominant (laughs) 
against North Dakota State a couple of weeks ago. Uh, but people do love Northern Iowa. Northern Iowa's got a good team, even though they lost a lot of transfers. Uh, this is going to be a good game. I'm going to say Northern Iowa wins it. Mitch, Northern Iowa, a team that Weber State's a little bit familiar with, played in 2019. Who do you got, Northern Iowa or Southern Illinois? Uh, I'm going to go with Northern Iowa as well. I just think the the tradition that they have, they're a tough football team. They play hard-nosed football year in, year out. Um, Southern Illinois, they look tough this year. Um, obviously, doing what they did in North Dakota State is impressive, um, but I'm going to go with Northern Iowa this week. I am too. Northern Iowa, I just think their defense is too good. Uh, their their defense is phenomenal, actually. Their offense, I think there's a, there's a lot lacking there, but the defense, I think, is too good. I'm taking Northern Iowa in this one. Next, we'll go to one of the surprise teams in the country. North Dakota is heading to Western Illinois, who I believe is 0-2 so far this season, but North Dakota has surprised a lot of people so far this season. A lot of people have them pretty high in the rankings, Some and they're even receiving votes for number one. Chappie, North Dakota, Western Illinois. Who are you taking? It's going to be North Dakota, but here's the thing with North Dakota. Uh, the big game for them is next Saturday. They are at North Dakota State. So although they don't, I don't necessarily expect them to lose, it could be the classic trap game. Chappie's got North Dakota. What about you, Mitch? I'm going to go Western Illinois. Um, oh, there's your upset special. Yep. Yeah, mostly because I don't like North Dakota. Never liked them. When they were in the when they were in the big sky, I wasn't a big fan. So uh Western Illinois, I hope they they get it done. Valid reasoning. Very valid. Yes. You know, I'll say this. When North Dakota came to Stewart Stadium this last year in, in uh, 2019, that uniform matchup I thought was amazing because that was the game I think that Weber State went with the all-purple get-up. Mm-hmm. It was the flying W, and North Dakota came in with their green lids and green pants. I just thought it looked so good, but it doesn't matter. We still won that game, so whatever. Anyway, North Dakota is going to win this game. They're looking good so far this season. Trap game? Maybe, but I'm still taking, I'm taking North Dakota to win this one. We'll take a look at one more before we get to our game of the week. Everybody always wants to know about the bison. What are the bison doing? So this week it's Illinois state heading to Fargo to play the bison, North Dakota state Chappie. What do you think? Illinois state, North Dakota state, North Dakota. I mean, they've, they've disappointed a little bit this year. Even in the games they've won, they haven't looked particularly good. Who are you taking? Yeah, I mean, they're 0-2 and still ranked 22nd. Uh, If I remember right, they were either a quarterfinalist or a semifinalist last year. It's a good program. Um, You could call it a trap game for the Bison, too. I mean, next week, if if North Dakota and North Dakota State both win, you know, North Dakota State's kind of playing for their playoff lives next week. (laughs) So, who knows? Trap game? Could be. But uh, it's tough to against the bison and anything mitch illinois state north dakota state big one who do you got in the fargo dome north dakota state now i'm not sure if how many fans are allowing the fargo dome but with fans in that place it's it's a hard place to win uh, we, we played there my sophomore year and it's as intimidating as a venue as as i've ever played in I, I think that the state of North Dakota, I think they're supposed to be at like 25% capacity, but any time I've watched any of the games, whether it be North Dakota or North Dakota state, and they pan to the crowd, you're like, 
there, there's a lot of people in there for <laughs> <laughs> don't look like don't look like five thousand people. So Chappie, you're telling me it's twenty five percent. Yeah, twenty five something. Maybe it's twenty five thousand. I don't know. <laughs> 25 something. Anyway, I'm, I'm taking North Dakota state in this one. There's only one team that wins in the Fargo dome and we all know who it is. North Dakota state's winning this one. All right, let's get to our game of the week. Top 25 matchup, biggest game in the big sky happening at Stewart stadium. Later today, we've got the Aggies coming into town, trying to steal a W from Weber state. Chappie. Big game, top 25 matchup. Are the Wildcats up to it? And I'm putting y'all on the spot. Y'all got to pick a score, too. Who's going to win, and I want to score? Yeah, it's uh, got to be Weber State. Score is going to be 35 to 21. Cappy's got the Wildcats by two touchdowns. Mitch, how you feeling about your alma mater? Feel good about it. Uh, in Stewart Stadium, I think Weber is going to play well. I think the defense is going to come to play. I'm going to go final score is going to be... 24-6. And look, think about this too. I mean, if, if I'm a player, like there's going to be fans there. And and I went and looked on, you know, recently at the school website to see how many tickets were left. There ain't many tickets left. <laughs> so not only are you know, it's going to be a pretty good crowd. And if I'm a player and, and it's like the first time I've been around like people playing in front of people doing anything for like seemingly a decade, I don't know, however long it's been this last year has been, man, those guys are going to be amped. I think the fans are going to be amped too. There's going to be 5,000 strong there. I firmly believe that. I think that there are only a few tickets left coming into today. And then I think we're going to get some stragglers coming up and trying to buy some tickets at the, at the box office here. I think we're going to have 5k strong, I think Weber State's going to win this one. I think that the team was not completely happy with their performance against Idaho State. They're going to come out motivated today. I got the Wildcats by 17 points. I'm saying 35-18, Weber State wins this one. So that's a sweep for the Wildcats. All three of us taking Weber State, and I hope they don't make us look foolish today. Hopefully, Dub State can get a dub today. So that's going to do it for us today. Just want to remind you, please go and subscribe to our podcast, Weber State Weekly, wherever you listen to podcasts. You can go to Apple Pods. You can go to Stitcher. We're also on Spotify. Please go ahead and subscribe and rate and review us as well and help us get into the ears of other Wildcat fans around the country and around the world. Even we have an international audience. Please follow us on social media. Twitter at Weber State Weekly, Instagram at Weber State Weekly. We're also on Facebook as well. You can hit us up via email, WeberStateWeekly at gmail.com. And also today we're having a tailgate in the parking lot here. And so if you feel so inclined, come and say hi. Chappie, what do you got? What, what do you got smoking on the grill today? Yeah, there's uh, there's some brisket just waiting to be broke out. There's some pulled pork also waiting to be broke out. And there's some uh some ribs that are sitting there looking mighty fine and about ready to eat. So come stop by, say hi. Chappie is well known among Big Sky fan bases for his grilling skills. Come say hi at the Weber State Weekly Tailgate. That's going to do it for us, and we'll end it how we always do. And we'll say Weber State, Weber State. Great, great, great. Great, great, great. That's right. Go Wildcats. Uh